Welcome to Affiliates in Action for March of 2016. Hi, I'm Debbie Hazelton. For this month, our state affiliate is with President of California, Jeff Tom, and our special interest affiliate is with Penny Reader, President of GDUI. The California State Affiliate Interview was done by our own Rick Morin. Rick is on the program committee for ACB Radio, has had very special interest in this show from the get-go. Rick is in charge of audio at National, has been heard streaming many conventions, most recently Sagebrush, President's Meeting Legislative Seminar, and the Bay State Convention. And Rick is on the ACB Radio Management Team, You can hear a much funnier side of Rick, along with his partner in crime, Brian Charlson, who most recently was elected as state president for Bay State Council, on Thursday night for their wild and crazy show, The Yin Yang Show, on ACB Radio Interactive from 6 to 9 Eastern. And stay tuned after that for Global Beat with Ann Sylvia playing some of the best music you could ever hear. Okay, let's listen to Rick with Jeff Tom. Thanks for being here. Hello, Jeff. Welcome to Affiliates in Action. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm well. We have Jeff Tom with us, who is the president of the California Council of the Blind, who's going to tell us all about CCB today and some of the uh, various initiatives. I still do a tiny bit of work for the state, and I do some uh, occasional arbitrations um, on uh, business enterprise vendor issues. Uh, and I have children, grandchildren, and foreign exchange students. So that's what my wife and I do. Um, CCB has been around uh, since 1934. Uh, we're one of the older affiliates, certainly not the oldest, but we rank way back there. Um, a lot of the early leaders of the movement came from California, uh, like Newell Perry and Perry Sunquist and uh, a little later on, Kathy Skyver, some of these uh, names that are sort of legend in the folklore of the American Council of the Blind, uh, and they came from California. So um, when you're out here, you learn a lot of rich history, and it's a history full of advocacy and being um, pioneers, and so we have been. Um, we began the uh, settlement process, uh, which led to um, talking ATM machines in the late 1990s, um, settlements which uh, now uh, impact every bank in the United States, um, began with Bank of America, Wells Fargo, and others in California. The same was true of point-of-sale machines. Um, Trader Joe's, Safeway, um, Walmart. Uh, we really began things here in California. Now, of course, um, ACB and many other affiliates, uh, Massachusetts, Illinois, and others, um, have similar uh, negotiated settlements in a variety of fields. So working with our attorneys, um, Lenny Feingold and Linda Dardarian, it all began out here in California. Yeah, Jeff, you know, the whole concept of structured negotiation is something that we hear about all the time, but I'm not sure uh, a lot of people really understand what that process entails. Um, Can you describe it for us? Absolutely. Structured negotiation is something which 
um, is a methodology of avoiding uh, controversial and adversarial litigation. It is a process whereby our attorneys write a letter and say, hey, you know, um, we think we've got some um, legal claims uh, against you and we need you to step up to the plate. But we don't want to get involved in a lawsuit. Let's talk about the problem. And especially in many of these cases, such as websites and point-of-sale machines and talking ATMs, where it involves technology, it's really important um, not just to get something done, but get it done in a way where the parties can talk about the best solutions for uh, both the industry itself and obviously um, for blind or low vision um, consumers. So these settlements, they work well, and at the end of the day, rather than having two parties which reluctantly enter into some sort of out-of-court settlement uh, in a uh, rather adversarial and angry situation, you have a, oftentimes a joint press release that you know congratulates business and industry on um, an act that is going to make opportunities better for people with vision loss. So it's a win-win for us and for business and industry. And it's it's the sort of thing that is has um, become more prevalent in the disability community, and it really started with um, our attorneys in the California Council of the Blind. Yeah, I know it's spreading here in Massachusetts. I was just I just got an email a couple of days ago. We were doing a structured negotiation with Massachusetts Eye and Ear Infirmary, and uh, it's it's just come to conclusion. So uh, we're really excited about that. Uh, I was involved with that effort very you know very closely, and it was it was um, Greater Boston Legal Services working in conjunction with Laney. So Laney and Linda have been spreading the word and, and getting a lot of other people engaged in this and. I mean, it's great all around. Yeah, it's really made for some outstanding relationships between ACB and its affiliates and um, business and industry, as opposed to what often happens with the lawsuits that other organizations, which we know about, um, routinely bring. Now, has there ever been a case where uh, we've entered structured negotiation and we've had to go the other route, or have they all succeeded? They don't all succeed. Sometimes we have been forced to bring structured negotiations, um, or as in a case that we now have um, against AMC Theaters, we had a structured negotiation, but it didn't really work very well. And so ultimately we were forced to you know, file a complaint. So you never know quite what's going to happen, but as long as you look at lawsuit as a real last resort and try to undertake other efforts first, I think you are doing what's right both for um, business and industry and for blind and low vision consumers. Yeah, absolutely. It builds up goodwill and 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 all of that. Tell us about the membership of CCB. How many chapters do you have? How many members do you have? Well, we have uh, over 30 um, chapters and affiliates. Uh, we have a membership that is somewhere between 1,000 and 1,500. Uh, we have uh, members throughout the state, um, from San Diego all the way to the northern border, um, from the coast up into the mountains. 
we, you know, are frequently troubled by some of the same issues that other states are because, you know, although people don't realize it, California has a lot of rural areas um, where it's harder to organize. Um, and, and, you know, they think of us as strictly an urban state, but we are not. Um, we're very diverse um, from the desert to the mountains to the, you know, huge urban areas of uh, L.A., San Diego, and the Bay Area. So we're a very diverse state um, culturally and ethnically and in every way, and we're proud of our diversity. So the real question is, do you have all that in AMMS? We have a lot of folks in AMMS. Yes, I'm proud to say we do. So, and I know we do because uh, we get a check every quarter that's um, fairly sizable. I'm proud to say that there's a lot of Californians that have uh, signed up, but we can always use more. Yeah, that's great. And now you have an annual convention, I take it, right? How many folks show up at your convention? Um, we have it is somewhere between two and three hundred. Yeah. We've had a policy. It's hard to measure because we've um, had a policy and we've debated changing it, but we have not. That allows people, um, if they aren't going to pay for any meals and they just want to come in and listen and see our exhibits, to um, not pay a registration fee. So. Um, that this is the way to introduce people to not only to the organization itself, but to the information that we can provide both to the public and to um, people who are blind or have low vision and their families. So we can't measure everybody that, uh, you know, attends our conventions because some will do so without registering. So we're somewhere in the two to 300 area. Now, is your membership growing? Um, it's uh, it's probably staying fairly uh, stagnant at this point. Some of our chapters are increasing while some are falling off a bit. Um, we had a, a pretty good increase a couple of years ago. And um, so it, it's one of those things, though, um, I find as a state president that what drives membership more than anything that um, ACB or CCB can do um, is one-on-one contacts between members and non-members, you know, getting them to meetings and then making them feel welcome and retaining them. And I think that's often done, you know, at the local level um, by leaders and by um, members who are committed to making sure that our membership does grow. Yeah, do you have a lot of special interest affiliates? We do. We have, um, like some other states, we have, and like you know, the national organization, we have a library users affiliate. We have a Braille Revival League affiliate, guide dog users, uh, students. Um, so, and I missed one or two and I apologize to them for that, but, uh, we are very proud of our affiliates and they do some, uh, fine work. For example, um, this year, um, uh, we are working very closely with our guide dog users affiliate on two bills in our state legislature, um, AB 1824 and SB 1331, which would 
Um, the former bill would um, expand uh, criminal provisions relating to um, liability for uh, uh, owners of dogs who attack service animals, including obviously guide dogs. And then um, SB 1331 relates to the functions and duties of the guide dog board, including, and we are the only state that has uh, such a board, and it includes a provision that would allow um, out-of-state schools to come into California without having to get a license from our state board to provide follow-up services to Californians who attend out-of-state guide dog schools. So. Um, we're proud of our guide dog affiliate. We're working hard to get uh, these two bills passed, and we want to make things better for um, all Californians who are um, users of guide dogs. Interesting, Jeff. I never heard that you guys had a service animal. Would you say service animal agency or something? Or We have a board of guide dogs for the blind, and it's kind of interesting because when it was established some, you know, 60 or 70 years ago, I don't remember the date exactly, it was basically because there were a lot of fly-by-night scam artists who were um, fraudulently indicating that they were starting uh, schools for guide dog training when all they were really doing was collecting money and going away. And the board was originally intended to uh, regulate that. It, uh, that is no longer a problem, and, the, and now the board regulates um, both uh, California guide dog schools and people who come in to provide um, training from out of state to Californians. Where we think they've overstepped their bounds is to um, require licenses for um, nearly coming into the state, say, from the seeing eye or another school to um, give some follow-up care to a Californian who needs it um, because it, it puts a real burden on the schools to get licenses for every staff member who's going to help out in California. Interesting. What, what type of activities do you have going on uh, besides the advocacy stuff? Well, obviously, you know, as we've talked about, we have our annual convention. We have um, scholarships uh, for college students. That's a major function that we do uh, every year. Last year, I think we gave, and, and I don't remember exactly, but somewhere in the neighborhood of um, 15 or more students received um, scholarships. Uh, we also um, provide information and referral. We have a toll-free line, and we get calls about everything from soup to nuts in, in the blindness uh, area. We provide individual advocacy for folks in a whole variety of areas, be it you know, rehabilitation or Social Security or... In transportation, we give advice to people. For example, one of our um, uh, outstanding members, our first vice president, who is really nationally recognized, um, Eugene Lozano, he he advises both um, people inside of California and out on ways to advocate for um, 
accessible pedestrian signals and improvements in the built environment. We're very lucky to have um, his services in our state. What are what are some of the major issues um, that blind people are facing in California at the moment that you folks are addressing? Well, I think that you know the issues in California probably mirror those in the rest of the country. Um, we are very concerned. Well, we were already very concerned with um, you know uh, issues related to the administration of. Um, rehabilitation programs in the state, um, especially with respect to the timely procurement of um, goods um, and equipment for rehabilitation clients. Now, of course, like everyone else, we're even more concerned with the um, WIOA uh, regulations that are coming down the pike soon. Uh, we're worried about um, limitations that could be put upon um, those who are not going to be, uh, you know, qualifying for an employment placement. Um, we're worried about limitations on money available for seniors, and obviously the blind, blindness population is the most adversely affected by that. So we're very worried about uh, rehabilitation issues. Um, transportation um, is obviously uh, a problem um, up and down the state. Even though things have improved a little bit since the recession of, you know, 2008-2009, um, there are various places that are, you know, likely to raise fares, and we're always involved at the local level, especially in uh, transportation issues. So, um, one of the issues uh, I'll just end with this one. One of the issues that I am trying to highlight, and hopefully. Um, engender a real discussion um, in California and one which we really need to do something about nationally is um, a better integration of our uh, programs with aging programs that serve the general population. Now, let me be clear. I don't mean um, to take anything away from our specialized services because we as blind people absolutely must have them. But what we lose when we do that sometimes is the ability to integrate our providers um, in terms of joining with other providers of services so that our clients, our aging consumers, sometimes don't get all the, all the other more general types of services that they additionally need. And so I think we need to have a better dialogue um, between the advocates, uh, our specialized service providers, be it um, uh, state agencies or private providers, and the general providers of services for the aging, who for the age for seniors who provide different types of services, but who still provide um, uh, services that uh, our blind consumers need. Yeah, it's interesting here in Massachusetts. Um, I'm involved a lot in paratransit. And uh, I mean, a lot of the dialogue involves um, the, the senior action folks and the disability folks, um, which uh, traditionally have not worked together all that closely. And, uh, but it's, you know, and when you just look at the raw numbers, I mean, you know, very, very many seniors have disabilities and it's just a growing population. So 
Um, that's that's correct. In fact, another example is um, the whole issue of long-term um, care, service, and supports. You know, our folks go into skilled nursing and intermediate care facilities just like other um, persons with disabilities and frail uh, elderly do. But when our folks go in, those in those you know institutional settings do not understand the needs that we have specifically as blind people, and the quality of life for our consumers um, suffers even more than the quality of life for others that go into those facilities because they don't understand that we need access to information in different ways, that we need mobility, that we, you know, just the things that we need to retain as much of a quality of life as we can, even though our independence is being, you know, limited by, you know, um, having to live in, in this type of a setting. Yeah, it's interesting, Jeff, because one of my next questions was going to be how can CCB, um, what type of initiatives can CCB work with other affiliates on or other yeah, affiliates within other state affiliates? And I think you you touched on it just right there. I mean, that's um, that's a perfect example of the kind of things that that we just need to be uh, trying to build some momentum on on a national basis within ACB, but at the at the local level. Yeah, yeah, it, we... You know, we need to, we, we have a great affiliate, um, uh, a, a, the Aging and Vision Loss Affiliate within ACB that, that can do um, a lot toward disseminating this type of information, and we as state affiliates should be working with them. Um, we need, and also we as state affiliates obviously need to work with um, the state agents, the aging agencies in our states and the um, the groups that um, represent you know uh, skilled nursing facilities uh, people like that they, they don't have the the education with respect to our needs and and we're we're at fault for not providing it to them I'm just curious how many grandkids do you have um, um, I have actually a bunch. Um, <laughs> my, my foster children have like five, and then my biological children have a couple. So, uh, about like seven, uh, at this one time. So you get to have them and spoil them and then walk away, right? Yeah, well, yeah, some of them live at home near me, and some of them live, um, down at the other end of California, so some I don't see very often, and, and some I do. But uh, uh, no, that's that's exciting. Hey, how can ACB Radio uh, help you guys in California to to accomplish what you're trying to, to to do out there? Well, I think you know one thing that ACB Radio uh, can do is to continue to um, disseminate information about these types of topics. Because a lot of the information that we need um, to to have people understand is very general. It applies across the board, not just to California. And hopefully, ACB Radio can help to garner more interest in becoming members of our affiliates. Um, because you know, the more people that um, that do join. Not only do we have more clout, but more, even more importantly than that, those people can impact, have an impact at their local 
and state and even national levels by, you know, writing letters, making phone calls, sending emails. Uh, and it's amazing how um, much can be done by only a few people because I know people have heard this before, but so many people don't uh, speak up. The, the few that do can have a mighty big impact. So I really hope that um, ACB Radio continues to um, disseminate information about all the topics that, that we've discussed, and I hope that people listen, um, you know, whether it's over the phone or whether it's um, through you know, the Internet, um, because there's just so much information um, that's worthwhile um, for people to uh, to learn about and then to utilize. Yeah, we're pretty excited in ACB Radio. I mean, there's there's been a lot of work that's been done recently to kind of kind of reignite some you know excitement around it. So, um, I mean, the time is good now to for all of us just to jump on the bandwagon and, and use ACB Radio to its maximum potential. Hey, one last one last set of questions for you, Jeff. What um, what's your vision for where, where CCB is heading in the next five or ten years? I mean, what uh, what are you trying to accomplish strategically? Well, I think the biggest thing and, and the most challenging thing for CCB, as is the case with many other um, affiliates in our organization and really across the nonprofit world, is to do something to improve our um, long-term and short-term financial stability. Um, because obviously, without that, we can't provide very much in the way of services, um, both to our members and to the community of people with vision impairments. So that obviously, unfortunately, but obviously has to be our number one goal because until we do that, um, we risk uh, our services deteriorating. Um, after that, it's just to continue, I think, the excellent work that we already do on the advocacy front and hoping to expand it into as many areas as possible. Right, and of course, you're the first vice president for ACB National. And and I'm, I'm sitting here right now in Kim Charlson's house because we do the Yin Yang show from here every Thursday night. So um, uh, we were just... Uh, uh, at the president's uh, meetings and the legislative seminar together. Did you go to the Hill? I did indeed. We had many uh, constructive discussions and hopefully fruitful ones. Sometimes you never know. Um, sometimes things play out uh, much more advantageously than you think, and you just have to wait uh, for things to happen. Well, Jeff, I really appreciate your time. Is there anything else that we haven't covered that, that you'd like to just use this opportunity to let folks know about CCB? No, I just want to um, encourage anyone who it might be moving to California or who knows those who are moving to the Golden State to get in contact with us. We welcome you um, with open arms. Uh, members or not, um, and we're all always there to serve you. So thank you very much for the time, and uh, it's been 
uh, a, a real pleasure to be on the show. Hey, Jeff, what's the best way for folks to reach out to CCB? Uh, they can. I'll give you um, my phone number, my cell number, and uh, even after I am no longer president in July, I'm happy to answer calls. So I'll give you both my cell number and my email. My cell number is 916-441. I'm sorry, that's the office. Well, I'll give you the office number, too. The office number is 916-441-2100. My cell number is 916-995-3967. That's 916-995-3967. Or they can email me, and I'm really good about answering emails, at uh, jeff.tom, that's J-E-F-F dot T-H-O-M, at ccbnet.org. So that's jeff.tom at ccbnet.org. Okay, perfect. Jeff, thank you so much, and uh, appreciate you spending time with us here on Affiliates in Action on ACB Radio. Thanks. Thank you. California. Florida. Iowa. Texas. Guide dog users. Students. IT professionals. Government employees. The American Council of the Blind has members in all 50 states and is actively engaged in a wide variety of activities. We advocate for the education, employment, and social inclusion of all blind and visually impaired Americans. We publish a monthly magazine. We hold an annual conference and convention. And operate a multi-channel internet radio station. Check us out at acb.org. Together, we can do anything. And here is President of GDUI, Penny Reader. GDUI has been through a lot. You're all new. We're all back. Yeah. We're all back. Really well. We did have a lot of problems about two years ago, um, but we have a whole new board and a whole new administration and a lot of people who are very dedicated to bringing us back, and we're back. But I don't think we've quite doubled our membership from its all-time low of two years ago, but we have increased it by at least a third. Um, From two years ago? Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. Last summer, we got the uh, biggest increase in membership award, which was very exciting. Um, But what's really exciting is that everybody who came back just really missed GDY when it wasn't functioning well, and I think everyone is very dedicated to... uh, bringing it back to the democratic organization it used to be and really working to make the lives of guide dog users better. Oh, that's wonderful. We have great committee chairs. We have uh, a lot of advocacy going on. We have a wonderful Paul Trax editor. That's our quarterly magazine. Um, Nolan Crabb is our editor. He does a fabulous job. Yes. We have all kinds of uh, great listservs where people can talk about guide dogs or Simply tune in for um, a bi-weekly announcement, uh, and um, we're, we're very happy we're back. Oh, I'm so proud. And I have to say, in my opinion, one of the best things is that it's, it's an organization that's in your capable hands. Oh, 
that's very sweet. Well, but, it's well, very We know true. each other very well, but I think we have a mutual admiration society. <laughs> <laughs> we do. I know Nolan's work, too, and I just yeah. think that's wonderful. That's and, so... Uh, yeah, we, we, we have a great advocacy committee. Uh, Becky Barnes-Davidson <gasps> is a chair, <gasps> and, um, you know, you can't do better than that. Oh, and, yes, uh, so I was wondering if Becky is back. Yay! Oh, yeah. Becky is back, oh. and uh, Ginger Kutch is a big help, and we, we had a great uh, convention last summer. We're going to have another great convention this well, summer. Well, I'm just going to have to join you myself. Committee. You do. You know, I will. It's not too late to join and be counted. I will. <laughs> I will. I will. I tell you, I'm going to end up joining a whole bunch of affiliates doing this show. Yeah, this will do it. You'll probably be the, <laughs> the, most, the most joined member. <laughs> I should have bought that thing in the auction to get signed up with a whole bunch of affiliates. <laughs> oh, maybe I'll do it again. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm That's so... That was a great gift. That was a Lua gift. That was such that a was good, wonderful. good item, wasn't it? That was brilliant. What are you going to be doing at National? Uh, we always have a convention ourselves um, during the afternoons, mm-hmm. after general session. And our convention... It begins on Sunday afternoon. We always have a suite, so we sell all kinds of Good, you're products. doing that. Yay! Toys for your dog and like little doggy wipes. And uh, uh, we also usually have somebody there from a local vet, and we will again, to uh, do nails and um, ears if you want ears done. Um, and we have a wonderful massage therapist, Carla Campbell. I know. She's she, done that for years. Oh, she just relaxes our dogs and makes them oh. forget how stressed they are. <laughs> uh, <you know? laughs> um, so, uh, And we do have a convention. We have uh, uh, programs every afternoon, um, well, starting Monday and Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, we have a luncheon with usually some kind of a, a speaker with a national reputation. Um, last year, we had a... A reception, um, and the purpose of it was to thank all the guide dog schools, and it was very, very well attended. And actually, it turned out it was the first time anyone had ever thrown an event at an ACB convention to actually express our appreciation to the guide dog schools. So they were very grateful. Oh, and that very is so sweet. And it was a wonderful event. We had a great time. We also have a good auction. It's one of our biggest fundraisers. Um, it's a silent auction. So we put our catalog on our website, and then people call in their bids, um, and then the person, of course, with the highest bid wins. But we get some higher tech items in our um, in our auction. I know last year we had that that really expensive Braille label maker. I think it cost over $500. Oh and that goodness. company just gave it to us. I mean, um, we usually get some big gift from Freedom Scientific. I think we had a full copy of, um, of Window Eyes, the one that comes with the training from um, AI Squared. Um, we have lots of handmade items. Great fundraiser. So the bids this year will have to be in at the close of business on Tuesday. And then we'll announce, we'll call all the winners who, if they're there. Uh, well, I guess we'll call them whether or not they're there. If they're somewhere else, we'll, we'll have their phone numbers. So we'll try to call all the winners uh, between Tuesday afternoon and Wednesday at noon. So then people can come to the suite and pick up their items or we can ship them if they aren't at convention. So this is different than your auction that's coming up in April. Talk about that. That uh, radio auction that we're using, ACB Radio, thank you so much. And um, our fundraising committee is handling that particular auction, and it's just one night. 
Uh, most of the items are contributed by members of GDY. I know I'm making six dozen cookies, uh, oh. but that's all I remember. <laughs> I won't send anything that I wouldn't eat myself. Be like organic, all butter, only the best ingredients kind of person. So You are? <laughs> I am. Okay. Well, I mean, might you be making dog biscuits? <laughs> um, I might. I can do that if you want. I can do whatever you want. <laughs> Willow prefers my frosty paws to oh, my dog I... biscuits. They're perfectly edible for people, too. It's just yogurt and bananas and peanut butter right? and maybe some honey. The know? one you make? The one I make. Okay, because I see them in the grocery store, frosty paws. Just put them in an ice tray and pop them out, you know. That's true. Yeah. Okay. So this auction, when is this in April? I think it's the first Sunday in April. And do you have any idea how many items you're hoping to auction off? I don't know. I know we're hoping that the auction will last about three hours. Okay. It depends on how far we can, how many we can do. Okay. Okay. So Baba Costa is such an enthusiastic fundraiser. He's the chair of our fundraising committee. So we're having the auction. He's also doing a drawing where he sells tickets. um, And then he has some really big prizes for that drawing. Um, I can't even remember what they are. Um, I know there's a... I know there's like a Bose radio receiver, which is something I would like to have. Mm. Um, There's... I think there's a George Foreman grill. I mean, they're all pretty big items. And the big item, the biggest item is... Um, I think it's a thousand dollars, and then the second prize may be five hundred, but we'll have to check. Don't hold me to it. The tickets are only um, like ten dollars, and um, so it's a pretty good investment, you know, because not that many people. Obviously, GDY and ACB are not that huge, um, so your chances aren't that bad, and you're contributing to a good cause. Mm-hmm. We have all these fundraisers because we need to spend money. <laughs> to uh, do things for guide dog users. We advocate um, all over the country um, and help people with whatever problems they're having. We've advised Arizona recently, um, somebody in their legislature, I think probably with the best of intentions, uh, wanted to introduce a bill to curb all these fake service dogs that are showing up everywhere. But the bill was um, really punitive. Uh, and it really negatively would it would have negatively affected um, guide dog users and service dog users because you would have had to um, show your ID card everywhere you went. You would have had to have your dog certified by the state once a year. The dog would have had to wear a vest with the name of its trainer and on the vest. I mean, there were all oh, these just goodness. over the top regulations. So we helped um, guide dog users of Arizona um, kind of craft their testimony against that bill. And we've also assisted Maine. Um, and we're, we're always available for that kind of work. Yeah, it sounds like it. It's not that it's not a big problem, but we can't solve the problem by making life harder for people who need service animals. You know, so, How are all the schools doing with the new reorganization of GDUI? Most of the schools come to our convention, and um, we have a survey for all the schools that support us on our website. So we asked, I think there are 15 or 16 schools, Mm -hmm. and we ask each school the same series of questions. 
And so it's a great way if you're trying to figure out what school you want to go to to compare schools. Oh, that is excellent. And that one of our most popular items at convention is our guide dog roundup, guide dog school roundup, where all the schools or most of them come and spend five minutes talking about what's new with their program and answering questions. And that's always a really, really well attended um event at our conventions. I do remember sitting in on some of those. I remember at one point there was a guide dog council. There's still a guide dog council for two organizations. There's an international organization and what they do is accredit the individual schools and um, so I think almost all the schools in the U.S. are members of that group Um, and it's it's pretty rigorous certification and um, then there's another group called Council of U.S. Guide Dog School Dog Guide Schools. The acronym is Cus Dogs, C U S D O G S, and uh, that's uh, also that's like an uh, an organization only in the U.S. And all the schools belong to it, and they kind of belong to it to educate one another and to talk about problems that they share mutually and try to come up with a unified approach to solving them. And actually, they are going to help ACB and GDUI conduct a survey, hopefully this spring. Uh, It's in progress. We have the questions ready. Um, And the survey is going to be, it's going to ask questions about whether or not or how often you've been refused service by a taxi cab or Uber or Lyft or one of those kinds of services. Because we get complaints about that every week. Every week we hear that somebody has been refused a ride because of their dog. And the schools hear those complaints too. Mm -hmm. And so we would like to go to the Department of Justice and say, this is a problem where the ADA just isn't working very well. We need help. And the way we figured the best way to do that is to go to DOJ with statistics. Okay. So that's why we're doing the survey. Um, and we'll be writing about it in our announcements and in our magazine when it's closer to the time. Mm-hmm. But I hope that everybody will participate. If you've even ever been ever been refused taxicab transportation even once or twice, I hope you'll answer those questions so that we can demonstrate that it really is a huge problem. What can other affiliates do to be more helpful to GDUI? And what do you have to offer other affiliates? Well, we are certainly there for guide dog users, and there are guide dog users at every affiliate. We have a group of members um, who are called empathizers, and they're available to anybody who's having an issue. Like sometimes people come home with their new guide dog, and they're all excited, and their family isn't quite so thrilled. And, you know, we we all have had the experience of our dogs becoming ill. Uh, We have experiences where we're rejected or people at work make our lives miserable because we have a dog. And so we have this group of people who's happy to advise people and uh, just be there to listen. And Mm -hmm. if you don't want advice, then at least you have a a listening ear. So that's, that's one of the ways we help if you talk us up and let your guide dog users know that we exist. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably the best way. We have a a really good magazine. You can even get a subscription to Paw Tracks for $25 a year, or you can join for $15, and then it's a benefit of membership. Um, And we talk about other blindness issues in that magazine as well. 
And how does that come out? It comes out, uh, you can get it uh, by email. You, um, and you can read it as a text document in rich text format. It also comes out in MP3. Where someone else and, reads it? Yeah, Nolan actually reads mm-hmm. it. Um, and we still have it on audio cassette for a few people. We have fewer than 80 people who don't have computers now and still prefer the audio cassette. I think the last time I looked, it was 60-something number members. But I'm it's amazed. expensive for us to do that. It's one of one of the costs of, of being a being GDY because it's not cheap. Because we have it professionally recorded, and we put in the little beeps to let you know when it's when our article is done and another one starts. You know, I, it's been so long since I've actually listened to an audio cassette. I can't even remember. But we do it very professionally. I'm sure you do. I understand that people. There are people who haven't sure. learned to use computers or just yep. don't have access to them. And so mm-hmm. we still make it available. So yeah. yeah. I wonder if it would work if you used a phone menu, something like Fillmore, Great for idea. an announce-only box. Yeah, that, that's what it would be. Yeah. yeah. It would just be straight reading. It's pretty long, though. I don't know. We could, oh, it's yeah. It's investigating. Yeah. I mean, I had I used to use it for my, my newsletter. And, you know, I mean, I think you can just go on and on indefinitely. Well, and I see emails on the leadership list. I think it's Oral Miller always has a, mm-hmm. an email that's audio through that service. Yeah, so I think they're still, still around. around. Huh, that's a good idea. Yeah. How can the parent organization of ACB be more helpful to you in any way? Well, we are, uh, as I said, we're cooperating with ACB on this survey. In fact, Eric Bridges brought the idea to me and Mm -hmm. We both thought it was such a great idea that we talked to cuss dogs, and and so that's going to happen. Tony Stevens was telling me about someone who had called last week because they got charged, that the airline charged for a seat for their dog. Oh, my God. So if ACB wants our help with those issues, we are more than happy to step in and do that. Mm -hmm. Um, we're going to be advocating, as I said, with DOJ and uh, the Department of Transportation is going to have a roundtable in a few months, uh, I hope, they keep saying they are, to talk about airline issues, which certainly need addressing. Oh, they do. Uh, because, you know, you get on a plane, you never know. Is this the day they're going to tell me I have to sit in the bulkhead or I can't sit in the bulkhead or I can't sit in the row with my friend who has a guide dog or any number of things it's just crazy and then other times you get on the plane and they're like oh i love your dog and they don't say another word to you and mm-hmm. then you get off yeah um, um it's like so inconsistent um so i hope the dot does address those issues and i'm sure acb will be there too and we do participate the department of homeland security has a, a disability focused meeting i think once a quarter and then one big meeting every year where they invite people who have traditionally had problems in getting through TSA, like people with disabilities and people who wear turbans because they're Sikhs and people who have ostomy bags, all kinds of stuff. Um, and we do participate in those meetings. Mm-hmm. How often does your newsletter come out? Every quarter. Okay. Every season. So winter is late because no one has had some technology issues going on, but it's it's almost out, I hear. Um, and then there will be a spring issue and um, a summer issue. We'll get the summer issue out early in June so that um, all the convention information will be in that issue. And then and we have a good website, 
um, and uh, that this is something I hope you guys could emphasize because to go to our website, it's www.guidedogusersinc.org. Okay. All one word. Because because of the troubles we had a few years ago, we never got back our gdy.org website. So, so mm. but we are at guidedogusersinc.org. And we're also on Twitter. We're at G-D-U-I-N-C. And we're okay. on Facebook at facebook.com slash G-D-Y-N-C. Great so. to know. And can people join you through your website? Absolutely. And it's seamless. It's easy. You just pay by PayPal and okay. you're over. And it's okay. a bargain. It's only $15. Yeah. We have a number of state affiliates in GDY, and some of them have uh, one-day conferences. So when we can participate as a national organization, we go. But it's a great way for our affiliates to to get together, our local affiliates. So the biggest way you interact with members then is through your lists? And at, at convention. And we have a toll-free phone call, phone number. Okay. 866-799-8436. Um, and, um, and what does that get you? Our office manager slash secretary who can put you in touch with any one of us. Okay. Any and, um, Anyone on the board, basically? Anyone on the board, any of the empathizers, mm-hmm. uh, anyone on the advocacy committee. Um, so that's another way to reach us. And okay. we're happy to talk to you. Yeah. And anybody can email me anytime. I, I occasionally get a question from somebody about an incident or something. It's easy to reach me on president at org. Can we talk about the new show? We could. The new show will begin in April, a half-hour show, the GDUI Juno Report, produced by Dan Kaiser. One of the things I'm hoping we can do is maybe some role-playing. Because, you know, when you're standing at the restaurant door and they're saying, no, you can't come in, you can't remember what to do. Um, So we're thinking maybe some role-playing with some little dramatizations might be a good way to help people remember. Oh, it is. Yeah. That you know, sounds you always really think you're going to know what to do, and then when the cab driver says no dogs, or the restaurant person says, "Oh, you can't come in with that dog," you know, you're like so <laughs> shocked that you totally, I totally forget what to do, <laughs> and maybe thinking, "I'm hungry." Or <laughs> <laughs> well, one time, one time we were having a birthday dinner for one of our grandchildren who was turning six. No, I think he was he was turning five. It was a big deal because he loved sushi, but his mom had told him that he couldn't have sushi, raw sushi, until he was five. So we went to this restaurant, this sushi restaurant in Atlanta, and all the grandchildren were there. And we called specifically and said a lot of there was a baby, at least one baby, maybe two, and we said um, we need to get in and out early. And they said, oh, no problem. And then I showed up with the dog. And they said, no dogs. And I said, well, this is a guide dog. And I went through my spiel. And they said, no dogs. And then I, I finally got out my phone and said, well, I'm just going to have to call the police. And they uh, finally seated us in a part of the restaurant where nobody else was. But at that point, I was like, whatever. But it was embarrassing. I had all these little grandchildren with me. And, you know, and they were all starving. And we had gotten there early so that nobody would get tired and cranky. And by the time we finally got seated, it was an hour later. Um, And it's one of those situations where I couldn't remember exactly what I should be doing. But I wasn't already doing. So. Did you follow up afterwards with any education to them uh, or anything? We followed up with a letter to their management and mm-hmm. to the 
uh, I think we followed up to the convention center bureau, convention bureau in Atlanta. It was a famous restaurant. I mean, it had great reviews. And we followed up. We, we wrote a review on the review site, too. So, <laughs> Well, this is great. I did rejoin since we did this interview, and I'm very proud of you. And I just am so glad. I know you've got lots of good people from schools, lots of guide dog users, and it's just a wonderful organization. And it's great, again, to have it in your capable hands, Miss Penny Reader. We have an election coming up. And, you know, GDY was the first ACB affiliate to have absolutely accessible, universally accessible elections. Yes. Our election this year is going to be the last week in May. So May 22nd to May 29th. Um, You're going to be able to vote by phone or online. Everyone gets their own unique ID number for voting. And it's just good for this particular election. Um, we have all the officers are up for election and we have three board seats. We have two with three year terms and one that is an incomplete term. Somebody resigned early. And so that's a one year term. So we're hoping that we get lots of new, uh, interest in becoming part of the board and becoming part of the leadership because it is a membership driven organization and, It's good to have new members, too, you know, not the same old faces. Well, one of my last experiences with GDY was in Reno. I came into a meeting because I was the president, no, because I was the secretary of the Florida Guide Dog chapter at that time, so I came in to represent and vote. And wow, was I impressed. Becky was leading. She was president at the time. And it was so classy. I mean, everyone was wonderful. The energy of the group, the consciousness of the group, the way voting happened, the door prizes, everything. I was really the most impressed with GDUI I had ever been in any of the years that I had come to any GDUI event. So I know that if it's still got that wonderful presence and energy. Wow, wow, wow. I mean, just very impressive. Well, I think it still is. And we are oh, I'm sure it is. We are a passionate group. So, um, But we, we try to be kind to one another, too. And I'm we sure. we always get great, great uh, door prizes and gifts, especially from the schools. That's one of the oh. nicest things they do for us. I know GDUF always gives us just beautiful gifts, and so does GDB and the Seeing Eye. And I'm, I don't want to mention them all because then I'll forget somebody. But we get great, uh, great support from the schools. And you know, the schools also send their trainers. Most of them send at least one trainer, and lots of them send several. And some of them work in exhibits, but some of them just come to help. And they help with pickup, and they teach people who kind of don't remember how to pick up after their dogs. And they, uh, we also do a breakfast club on uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday morning at a local restaurant. I think this year it's going to be at this great restaurant in Minneapolis called Hell's Kitchen. Mm. Oh, it's so delicious. The last time we were in Minneapolis, two of my friends and I, we went at least three times. We loved it. And so uh, the guide dog trainers come along with us to the restaurant just to make sure everybody is safe and all the dogs are know what they're doing. And it's great. They are just, they work and work and work. And, 
you know, they're they're lucky to even get just a thank you. We just so oh. appreciate them. Are you doing hotel orientation? Oh and- yeah, we always do two of them. Mm-hmm. We do one on Sunday in the afternoon uh, around I think we usually do it around lunchtime mm-hmm. um, and then we do another one on Monday morning before general session begins okay and that's great too because the trainers you know they know how to show our dogs what to look for mm-hmm. you know so we can say to the dog you know find that water find fountain yeah <laughs> so. yeah oh so good Oh, your questions have been so great. I'm so glad you remembered all this stuff. <laughs> I think we covered it. We did. <laughs> Thank you so much. I I'm enjoyed it. So excited to have you on Affiliates in Action. And um, I hope a lot of people, you know, just who do have guide dogs and, you know, are looking and listening say, wow, let me get with them. Oh, if you're even just thinking about getting a guide dog, you know. That like too. I told you, we have those empathizers. We can help you answer your questions. And we have those great surveys on our website so you can compare the schools. Bob would kill me if I forgot to mention the cruise. There's a cruise, a GDY cruise. It's in October, October 9th to the 16th. It leaves from New York, and they're going to Bermuda. Uh, On a Norwegian line cruise ship, the dogs are going to be welcomed and pampered, and I think it's going to be fun. And the prices are great, and there's all kinds of information about it at our website, guidedogusersinc.org. Okay. Well, thanks a million. Thank you, Debbie. I had a great time. Me too. I was very proud of the head of our ACB radio management team, Jeff Bishop, at the recent... Oh, gosh, let's see. He spoke at the president's meeting, and he spoke at Bay State uh, a couple of times. He did an excellent report on Saturday morning at Bay State, and uh, we may even find some gems in that report to bring to this show, Uh, but an excellent job. I know it gets confusing, so I want to just say that We have an ACB radio management team, and then we also have ACB radio management. So the day-to-day ACB radio management, the managing director of that is Larry Turnbull, and I am the assistant managing director. And then we have this management team that's comprised of a number of people who are not all on ACB radio, but who help to advise ACB radio. And that is the team where Jeff is the head of such. It was a great report he did, and we give many thanks. Our own main menu team, if you haven't checked out the new main menu team and the shows that they are doing, I urge you to show up for that, uh, for a podcast or the show as it airs first on Friday evening at 9 p.m. Eastern. Dan Kaiser is at work helping to produce a new show for GDUI, and I'm real excited you heard about this in the time with Penny. Larry is going to start a new show this month, March 17th, at 8 p.m. Eastern on that Thursday evening called Handy Around the House. Larry's been a handyman for many years. We also have Laura Legendary, who has been known to many through her own company, Elegant Insights, who's going to start a new show in April called Legendary Insights. Remember, if you miss hearing a music show and you want to hear past shows, Many of them are available now on demand on the interactive page, and our podcasts of talk shows are available 
through many podcatchers. And don't forget the new ACB Link iOS app. Another update will be out soon. Thanks so much for being here for Affiliates in Action, where the heart of ACB is continuing to express and grow. Remember what Eric says, together we can do anything.